Well, how the hell are you, my little pod babies? Let's get ready for another episode of Own Goal Podcast. Today's date of recording is July 29th, 2020. We've got a pretty, I think, all-encompassing episode to talk about. Going to see a lot of focus on the Premier League as it wrapped up, uh, Serie A as it's effectively wrapped up, and then looking ahead while also touching on some of our favorite things like hot guys with thick thighs. But first... To the byline. It's in, it's in our goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. Welcome back to Own Goal Podcast. As Erica alluded to, we have had some uh, quite an action-filled couple of weeks. But as first, as, all, and as always, we like to bring you some of the news in the soccer world. And here is some news for you that there were a lot of teams that were snitching on Manchester yeah. City. As, as two fans who haven't gotten over the bullshit around Manchester City, it's apparently nine clubs in the Premier League that, that share our sentiment. Yeah, uh, nine clubs had wrote to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Again, that sounds like a very vague and obscure title for so, uh, like what I'm basically pretty sure is a front for just getting bribed. I think I think that's the 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 shell company for the dubious goals committee. Ah, ah, the plot thickens. <laughs> um, but obviously, ones you'd expect. All of their kind of top six rivals: Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. United, Tottenham, plus, you know, the up-and-comers, Leicester, Wolves, Burnley, and then, just kind of out of nowhere, Newcastle just throwing in, <laughs> wanting to be involved. I just like that Nuke, like, to me, Newcastle is the f- team that doesn't fit there because all those other teams finished in the top ten. Yeah. So I just thought that was kind of funny with Newcastle, but even more breaking news has um, come out in that the 2020 Ballon d'Or has officially been cancelled, much like a celebrity with past problematic and or racist tweets. And I don't really get why it's cancelled, because the same amount of soccer was played in 2020, minus the international tournament, the same amount of soccer was played. Just Here's in a different where I think they grabbed their loophole, and I call it a loophole because nobody from Uber Eats League uh, was going to compete for the Ballon d'Or. The French League was cancelled. So they can hang their hat on not all the major European competitions, which they lump the Uber Eats League in there, mistakenly so. Uh, Really, I think it's an excuse to uh, team up with the French French legal system and further oppress your boy. Yes, and so the Ballon d'Or is actually awarded, as Eric was saying, by French news magazine France Football. And I agree with you. I believe that Kareem Benzema had at least a legitimate shot to be a final three winner. I don't think he would have won it in all seriousness. I think Lewandowski has a really good argument for it. I think De Bruyne has a good argument. I think Messi having 20 and 20 yeah. has a good argument. But I think there was a is, chance. Is, is Lewandowski's argument purely his goal, goal production? Yeah. Then why does he have an argument but nobody's talking about Shiro Mobile? Um... I was actually thinking about this issue earlier today. 
and I don't know the answer to that. I would it would have to be some sort of the French looking down upon Syria for some reason, even though Syria is a better league than the, their Farmers League. I'm sorry, Uber Eats League. I'm sorry, Leon. But like, also, I mean, if I don't know if one league is above the other in terms of Syria or Bundesliga, but I mean, I, I just. If, if Lewandowski, who's had an incredible season, is on the list as a favorite, it's because he scored 34 goals in, in competition. Right. Kira Mobile has one game left to play and just hit 35, if True. I'm not mistaken. You are correct. And Lewandowski plays for the best team head and shoulders above any other team in the his league. He also plays for a better team than Chiro Immobile's. And Chiro Immobile plays for the fourth best team in Italy right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I would have liked to see, really, to me, if it was up to me, I, my final three, probably based on this season, would have been De Bruyne, yeah. Messi, and Karim Benzema. Yeah, I think... But I, I'd say I, Lewandowski I, I, was like a like a popular favorite, not my favorite. That's all I'm saying. Well, I also think I think Lewy was a popular favorite when he was so far ahead of everybody else on goals scored, but we weren't thinking about the fact that Serie A still had 12 games left to play, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I think I think Lewy being – Lewy is hurt by the fact that somebody else has done the goal tally and done it more. Yes. Now, if I were to play devil's advocate here, I would point out that – Lewy plays can only can never play the same amount of games because the Bundesliga only plays thirty four games. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, so it's goals per game, yeah. So that's something I would throw in there. Um, I think that's the Bundesliga. Bundesliga should just go to twenty teams and be like everybody else. I think that's just on them. They should just fix that because they're always putting themselves at a disadvantage for the European uh, for the Golden Shoe, mm-hmm. no matter what. But really, though, what this means more pressing to us is that. The Oni for Hawkeye of the Year has now become the most prestigious prize in men's soccer. Yeah, I mean, it was there was always an argument. Oh, now for sure. it's just now it's just confirmed. So, uh, and, and I know we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but uh, the pre- preliminary plan is next episode hit up the Onis because we won't have too much new soccer to cover, um, as as kind of mentioned in the opening. Uh, Premier League finished off. We're going to re- round off and kind of give our, our final thoughts on the Premier League season a little bit later. And then Serie A, the, the other active league going on, has uh, one game left to play, but everything, with the exception of one relegation battle, has been solved. Yeah. So, moving on with our news, Mbappe, this is, tr- this is just tragic, he has hurt his ankle sp- uh, in a, the French Cup match against Saint Etienne, which was um, PSG's first competitive match since March. Yeah, it was the uh, the French Cup, I believe. Yep, and he's going to be out for three weeks, which means he is going to miss the quarterfinal against Atlanta. But that is something we're going to dive into in much more detail next episode. We're going to go through once all the quarterfinals are set. We're going to go through them. But sucks for PSG and sucks for soccer to have a big star miss a big game. I mean, that's just. Yeah. what it is um we talk well you you know what i'll save this when we talk about la liga i don't like where that's placed um uh shocking news uh yes. 
Andre Shirley retiring from the game at 29. Yeah. I did not see this coming. He said that his heart, because of some of the injury issues he's had over the last couple of years in off-field stuff, said his, his heart wasn't like fully committed. And he, you know, he said, if my heart isn't fully committed to this game, I shouldn't be playing this game. I respect that. I, I, was, I was caught off guard. You know, I'm not like yeah. offended. I was just I didn't see coming, but like I, I get that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think injuries definitely derailed his career. Uh, he was the other guy on the the Germany squad uh, that became a starter midway through the World Cup, like Tony Cruz. And when the two of them cracked that starting lineup, that's when that Germany machine got you know clicked and uh, and <laughs> won the fucking World Cup. Yeah, so, and um, he, Sherla also produced the um, assist to Mario Goetze's game-winning goal against Argentina in the final as well. So he has definitely, at least for the German people, and cemented a spot in himself in World Cup history. And, you know, if you retire at 29 and you get to have a World Cup winner's medal, no matter what no matter what other medals you're missing, man, that you can't yeah. complain. He'll, uh, he'll also never, never pay for a beer in a bar in Germany. Yeah. That's true. Um, what we've talked a lot about where Weston McKinney's future lies and how it might be in the Premier League, and it actually might be at Southampton. Uh, reports are that Tottenham and Josie Mourinho are very interested in current Southampton midfielder Pierre-Emile Hoisberg, and McKinney might be the uh, replacement for him, and I actually really like that fit for him. That's a, that's a fit, I think, where... It's a Premier League move. There's definitely going to be, you know, twenty-five to thirty-five million uh, dollars, euros. I don't know exactly uh, the currency that that I think would need to pry him from Schalke. But he seems very interested in the move. Um, so the, there's a good amount of money behind it, but it's a club where there's not too much immediate pressure, and you know, it's that kind of money you don't need. Oh, we gotta get goals. We gotta get goals, right? I think that kind of move is gonna let him pr- play his game and, and produce his his production. Produce his production. That's horrible. Uh, but actually, produce on the field outside of what are his stats? What are his stats? Because I don't think Weston's a very stats heavy player, right? You watch him play; he's everywhere, breaking up tackles. You know, uh, helping further the attack along by being very direct and quick on the ball. Um, so I, I I really like that that move. I think we've also heard rumors of uh, Newcastle. Mm. We've heard rumors of Everton. We've heard rumors of Liverpool, but I don't. That doesn't sound to me like the more the more I hear about that, it sounds like future rumors. So if if Weston's looking for a move this year, I think it's going to be somewhere else, which is a relief because he needs to be able to play. Yeah, and. Um, one of the U.S. Uh, stars for the youth team and perhaps a future U.S. international, Sebastian Soto, will be taking his challenge to England in the championship with the newly relegated Norwich City. So um, that's very exciting for him, and I think that's going to be a good experience for him. He was playing for the Hanover Reserve team, so I think this is definitely a step up. There is talk that uh, Norwich could be looking to immediately loan him to like the Eredivisie or something. Hmm. So it looks to me like they definitely see the value in his talents and wanted to, to kind of secure secure him as a, a long-term player. But maybe they're not too sure if they can rely on him in the championship yet. They want to see him in top-flight soccer in a, a very good developmental league like the Eredivisie. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's transfer season, and, tra- and transfer season's always fun with all the crazy rumors. And uh, Brighton actually got things started on, tra- on when the transfer day opened by uh, signing Adam Lallana from Liverpool on a free. Chelsea. It's a good signing, a good have, signing for, for Brighton. I agree. Great signing, great value because you got him on a free. Chelsea, who have been very active, adding Timo Warner and Hakim Zayek to their squad, looks like they're on the verge of also signing Kai Havertz from Bayer Leverkusen and Chelsea are going to be a force to be reckoned with next season. Yeah, this Chelsea's problem this restart and and even before the restart hasn't really been offensive though. Their their issue has been leaky in the back. Their defense is terrible, and their goalie might be the worst goalie in the Premier League. And statistically he's also speaking, the most experienced, he's also the most ex, the most expensive goalie. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that resolves with. Keppa and their defense. I'm just saying their offense is going to be very exciting to watch. I think Timo Werner yes. in the center with Pulisic on the left and whoever you want on the right is going to be awesome. Yeah, and Zay- you could have Zaytrick on the right, and you can even have Havertz, have Kai Havertz in the hole. Like you could, you could do some weird shit with that formation. It's going to be fun, but very fun FIFA know. team. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> even even with a, a healthy Conte, who seemed like what you know, obviously he didn't play down the stretch but wasn't fully healthy this season uh they still are going to need some some i think center back reinforcements and not hearing much uh in the rumor mill so we'll make it more fun honestly if they need to score more and be more attacking that should give Pulisic more opportunities to impress uh does does sound like uh an old premier league starlet's looking to return uh, the word on the street is Coutinho misses the Premier League. He he's uh, got a fondness for English soccer, and uh, sounds like that's where he wants he wants to land back in England uh, and a move away from you know where he is. The only team I see him landing at, weirdly enough, because Liverpool are going to take him back at Arsenal. It's Arsenal. It's I was Arsenal. knocking Arsenal. He is yeah, an Arsenal, Arsenal player. If you just like Arsenal players, they all like have the same face. You know what's, but you know we're going to talk about him in a, in a minute. Uh, but there are rumors that Arsenal's heating up interest in Jack Grealish, and so that's actually kind of sets up for Man U. Uh, United have already had a hundred sixteen million dollar bid for uh, Jordan Sancho. Jaden Sancho. Excuse you call me. him Jordan. You call him Jordan Sancho like every other episode. Yeah, well, I like Jordan <laughs> Sancho better. He, his parents fucked up. Jordan's a cooler name than Jaden, objectively. <laughs> Jaden Sancho rejected, and given that Villa are looking up for up to eighty million pounds for Grealish, it seems like United are much more concerned about getting Sancho's deal done, and that deal could come at the cost of Grealish coming to United. Dortmund really want to get the deal done by August tenth because they want to get a replacement. So, I thought this would be like another classic big Manchester United summer transfer window. You've seen it with Pogba. You saw it with. Maguire, you kind of saw it with Bruno where we waited what about Bruno where you guys delayed it? Yeah, you delayed six months. We delayed the whole transfer window. It got was, more expensive. <laughs> yeah, I was worried that we were going to drag this out because that just seems to be United's shit business model. But I'm hoping that Dortmund forces our hands to act early and get him locked down. I think he'd be a huge addition to the team's attack going forward. There's also rumors that that Sancho himself has said that he wouldn't mind like a move to Liverpool uh, because they would give him an opportunity to win more titles quicker. And you know, 
A, these are rumors, so who the hell knows if that's serious, but B, it could also be shrewd tactics to force United's hand to make a move faster. Yeah, hey, whatever it takes to get it done, I I think he's going to add a lot of value and help us rotate a little bit, give us much-needed depth um, and all that yeah. stuff. But the last bit of news, and I just love this story, is that Adam Traore, the world's most jacked winger and one of the most jacked soccer players in like, isn't it Adam, is it Adama Traore? Adama Traore. Really, just <laughs> we got Jordan Sancho and Adam Traore. <laughs> this is a soccer podcast. It's not a names podcast. <laughs> uh, he oils up his arms before games so other players like can't grab him <laughs> when he's running away. And my number one thought is. Does he know how big he is? I don't think I, I don't think they can grab him anyway. <laughs> but I like that he tries to be slippery. Well, I think that's what it is. He's he's uh, you look at him and you see the strength, but he's surprisingly elusive, and it's because he's all baby oiled up. I, I love that move. And also, I think it makes him even look more jacked because it's like you know he's glistening with the oil yes. too. So it's actually an alpha move in a lot of regards. His name should be Alpha Triore, by the way. <laughs> so, but you kind of jumped off of Grillish before I could ask you a question. Um, seems like we've got multiple possibilities. You know, Villa seem very interested in keeping him for the campaign next season. Mm. You know, he did grow up a Villa fan. Uh, he is their, he's been their captain. Uh, where do you see him playing next season? Villa, United, uh, Arsenal, or other? Not United. Because I think United can get an attacking mid in James Rodriguez for a lot cheaper, and I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to get Jaden Sancho, and then they're going to get James Rodriguez. Um, I low key love that move. I, I've I've been a publicly a, a James uh, fan for for many a many a decade, many a moon. Not a, the, not all, decade, you, the only player you may have loved more than. James Rodriguez, since I've known you, is Leighton Baines, who did announce his retirement from the game Baines. after uh, the end of this season. And he's he was one of your firsts, and you know I'm not I'm not ready. You never forget your first. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gonna stay at Villa. I think he'll stay. I like the idea of him at Villa. I think with him being a you know a childhood fan of the club and his history with Villa, it makes sense. But I also think we as fans deserve to see him play on a squad where the opponents can't put three people focused on him and not get punished by the other players. And as you know, there's no way it'll happen because it makes too much sense. Him to Arsenal would be a great move for Arsenal and for him. So like, there's no way Arsenal have their shit together to make that move. But I think Grealish... At Arsenal, if they can hold on to Lacazette and Aubameyang, mm-hmm. that's it. Would be a good move for Arsenal. If he leaves Villa, part... I want him to come to Man U. I gotta be super clear about this. No, I know. I know where you. This isn't where we want to see him. I, I no, would love to see. Him. I think it would be a good move, and also Arsenal has a lot of aesthetic players. They've always had like, and then I mean, he's. I mean, he's come so on. hot. He's, he's so hot. I mean, he was the first ever winner of Hawkeye of the Year. Yeah. First ever winner. Uh, speaking of Hot Guy of the Year, should we hop right into Hot Guy of the Week? Yes, and that's why I wanted to steer the conversation back to Jack Grealish uh, before we transition, because I wanted a seamless conversation. I have a uh, he, he Jack Grealish is my Hot Guy. 
Uh, he did not have a great restart. You know, the, he was, wasn't was performing. West Ham, sorry, Aston Villa were not, you know, scoring a lot of goals, and that's what Jack, Jack does. But on the day where it mattered the most, uh, Villa needed a draw to stay up, and they they drew one one with West Ham off a of Jack Grealish goal, and it was it was it was just classic Jack. You know, he did what he had to do to keep his club up uh, alive for another season, and I mean, he looked so good. He looked so good. Not only that, but the game before that against Arsenal when Villa won one zero. He didn't get a goal or an assist, but he would look. He was the best player on the field for Villa still. Yes. He looked so good. And Jack Relish was also my Hawkeye of the really? week, and I'm not changing. So this is maybe the second or third time we've ever had a unanimous Hawkeye and, of the week. And I think one of the other unanimous Hawkeyes was Jack Relish, like, early on in, this, in, the, in the show. Man, Hawkeye of the year, multiple unanimous Hawkeyes of the week. So attractive. It's just so beautiful. I saw a picture of him, and then 10 seconds later, I was like in the bathroom and I saw myself in the mirror. And oof, <laughs> let me tell you, that did not feel good. I've covered up all the mirrors, all the reflective services in our apartment, just because I, I, I can't see me after seeing him. I own, and in fact, instead of mirrors, I now just have portraits of Jack Grosh everywhere. <laughs> That's the only thing I ever need to look at. Um, should we do a little aptitude test before yeah, uh, recap sure. the league action? Eric Gates. If he was not one of the most underrated players, in my opinion, for club and country, what would Paolo Dybala be doing? Okay. Um, I see him as like a very upscale uh, very expensive, but just very good and, and uh, very versatile uh, stylist barber. Kind of can do it all. He can he can cut women's hair. He can cut men's hair. He can do the. He's the guy that like Jay Z's calling to get like you know a, a nice cut. Yeah, he's like an A list celebrity hairstylist. He's an A list celebrity hairstylist. He he'll make you know he'll, he'll make house calls for the super famous. But he also has his own shop that, you know, it's kind of like a whole experience when you come in. I like that. I actually, I do see that. I do see that. He's kind of got that look to him. So when I look at just his face, he has such a young-looking face. And when I see his face, I think of some 20-year-old guy who's making millions of dollars playing Fortnite or Call of Duty <laughs> and streaming streamer. it on Twitch. <laughs> and that's what he looks like to me. It looks like he is like making millions of dollars like playing video games and streaming video games and it's just he just i don't know his face almost looks animated to me and it makes me think of video games you know that's that may be the most accurate uh aptitude test <laughs> that we've ever had i disagree i think when we said sergio ramos broken for was the most accurate <laughs> but teach his own all right should we just hop into the league action oh i don't get to give you an aptitude test <laughs> oh yeah i forgot Damn, no, that's fine. I, I don't exist. <laughs> Sorry. That's my bad. Okay. Uh, Donald, if he were not a... I don't, I don't know. I don't think underrated um, is, is the right word, but he's of, of, of a previous generation, not not nearly as talked about anymore. And I'm going, obs- you know, maybe a little more obscure uh, Italian, but... What would 
Antonio Metallic be if he were not, you know, one of the early aughts top Italian goal scorers? Oh, that is a name I have not heard in many, many <laughs> moons. Antonio Di Natale. Antonio Di Natale strikes me like he would own a hipster food truck, like not in LA, but in one of the weird sounding cities around LA, like Palo Alto or like Vista Bueno. Or like Las Cruces or something. Yeah, something like that, where he like, he just has this food truck and like, he's a, he's, everybody loves it. Like, it's like the most popular food truck. It looks like it's tacos to me. For, I'm thinking to taco truck. He just, he strikes me as like a very, like, so humble, simple it, taco truck guy, it, who, but he's it, very successful. It's a taco truck, but it's Italian taco fusion. So all the tacos, you know, you have a taco presentation, but there's there's some uh, some Italian take on like the seasoning and on, on the the ingredients. Dude, an Italian like taco fusion sounds so fucking good. I would eat the shit out of that. Then that's why Antonio did the Italian. If you put successful. a chicken Alfredo in a in a fucking flour tortilla, that would be dope. I like your answer. Thanks, man. I really like this I... Italian, this Italian taco truck. Can we open this? <laughs> My answer is is not nearly as fun. We can call it Oni Galassos. <laughs> I see him as one of those fake as fuck like morning TV show uh, hosts. <laughs> Just like turns out, you know. Five years past his prime, oh, this guy said some really bad things, but people still really love him, and it's just, like, kind of a complicated relationship. Um, it's, that's just the face I see. You know, he's got this, like, uh, I mean, this wide smile, but then he also has this, like, smug kind of smirk that he throws at the camera, hmm. uh, which I'm seeing when I looked up, when I just kind of, I wanted to see his face. Um, no, sometimes, like, you need, like, a, especially a player who hasn't played in a while, you need, like, a clear visual of the face. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I see him as like, you know, one of your one of your daytime morning show co-hosts. Who's you know he, he does he does have those good looks. He's got strong hair. The Italians they're usually pretty good looking dudes. Sometimes they look not very. Oh good no, looking. Italian dudes are either like a nine or like above, Kaylee. or a straight up one. Chiellini is not a handsome man. No, that guy is a negative two. He looks like he looks like Nosferatu, like <laughs> combined with some sort of like like day walking giant. He he looks like whoever whoever was molding him out of clay ran out of clay and just started started stretching features to like make the clay last. Yeah, yeah. All right. So with that, can we jump into league action? Oh, now that you let me uh, share my half, sure, sure. Okay, okay, cool. Um, obviously, nothing to report in the Bundesliga, so we're going to jump right into La Liga, where Real Madrid have been crowned La Liga champions after beating Villarreal 2-1, courtesy of a Karim Benzema brace, of course. Really cool, actually. In that game, it was the second-to-last game of the season. Real Madrid obviously got a penalty because they're Real Madrid, and Ramos... They at first they tried like a fake out penalty where like yeah. the guy like taps it and then the guy runs in to kick it, but ref didn't like that and so Ramos just let Benzema take it out right because he knew he had a chance to be the league's you know top goal scorer and that's the kind of shit you want to see from your captain. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, I mean, it ended up not mattering because Messi bagged a, a goal or two in the yeah. the final game. 
Uh, Messi actually ended up at over 20 goals, over 20 assists in one season, which, you know, that's that's pretty impressive. You know, Super it, impressive. May be, it may be a good thing that the Belinda Org got canceled because he probably gets it. Mm. He gets. I think he. I think he edges out Kareem. Uh, I don't know if, if De Bruyne has enough goals for the goals obsessed world to reward him in a non. I think if he has if like Sydney, twelve goals, but harder league in my opinion. I a way harder league, but it, you know if I think City would have needed to win the title, or they would need to win the Champions League for True. him to have that claim, which that's still possible. True. Um. um so yes. But, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna while we're touching on on uh, Messi real quick. There's uh, some he's reportedly expressed interest or a desire for Barcelona to try to poach uh, uh, Marcelo Bielsa mm-hmm. away from the manager who uh, wi- widely respected, uh, who brought Leeds back into the Premier League this season. Yeah. I- that's not a bad – I mean, if I'm Barcelona, that's something where it makes sense. Like, I, I, I would probably like him, and I would want to appease Messi as best I can and show him I share his vision for Barcelona moving forward. That's a play I think you make. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be how it plays out. Messi, obviously, the same day where Real Madrid um, won the title by beating Villarreal – Barcelona lost to Osasuna. Messi was incredibly critical of the team. Quote, all season we have been a very weak team, beaten for intensity, for motivation. People can score against us very easy. I think that was just a shot at his entire defense. <laughs> Messi is like, Messi like is like, you know, he's really good. One of those talents where after the season is over, he can sit down in the locker room, look at the rest of his teams and go, well, I did my job, <laughs> especially after the season he had. Especially after I mean, the season. he he's never he's he'd never be the type of guy who did it. But if I had that stat line, I'd say that I'd be like you what? know you, you, you know Ronaldo would. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think he um, does. I think he just goes. I did my job. My I can't stop the goals too. <laughs> but, uh, um, Messi did say if they keep playing this way, they will they'll lose their Champions League game. Yeah, I mean he he went off on them. Um, so going back to Real Madrid, you know, it was our first league title in a couple of years. Very exciting. The magic of Zidane continues. Ramos, obviously, another perennial. I would say it's fair to say Sergio Ramos will likely be a nominee for Hawkeye of the Year after the season he's had and the, his leadership at Real Madrid. His big, his big, the, the big issue is he came back looking real pirate-like from the, uh, from the hiatus yes but he's literally a a five minute shave away from being his former self and so yes on that all i'm saying is is he's definitely a nominee you know that's a sneak peek at one of the nominees he's a nominee but you're saying this uh, could hurt his chances of winning the prize i'm saying i'm saying he's yeah he all the nominees have a reason why they can win and a reason why they can't win and that's one of his reasons why he can't win that's fair that's fair um Zidane is just working his magic, which is just, you just wonder why did Real Madrid get rid of him in the first place. (laughs) The guy has been incredible for them. But the very, very best part of Real Madrid winning the title are all the pictures of them celebrating the title and being so happy. And Gareth Bale just like 
half pretending to care, just not giving a flying fuck about it. Which I just love that. Those pictures are hilarious. Like everyone's celebrating. Gareth Bell's like, yeah, woohoo. He's like half celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. He no, just those, wants those to get are, back on the golf course. Those are really funny. Uh, Bale's agent came out saying he's not going to go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> so you're going to keep keep paying him to sit on the bench. He's like goofing off on the on, on in the stands during games, uh, and he's just he's working on that golf game. He's getting paid to to practice, and that's about it. And you know what? He seems. Seems like he's accepted it and that he's enjoying his time. And you know what? That's so. Real Madrid are more than welcome to buy him out of his contract any day they wish. If they if Real didn't didn't want him here, then they shouldn't have gave him the contract they did. Yep. But um. So yeah, uh, Real won the title. Barca came in second. Atletico third on goal difference. We're talking about four goals. And then Sevilla. Wait, no. La Liga does head to head, not goal difference. Only the yeah. Premier League does goal difference. Head to head's better. Head to head's better. I agree that head to head's better, but everyone should do what the Premier League does. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, also, one thing we we need to touch on with Real, uh, because in his first season, uh, Real's new signing, Eden Hazard, won the Premier League. Chelsea get an add on. He 15- won the La Liga. La Liga. Sorry. Fuck. He uh, won La Liga in his first season after coming over from the Premier League. Chelsea are, are awarded a bonus of 15 million pounds. <laughs> Despite it being the worst season of his career statistically by his by Hazard's own words and the fact that he scored one, one goal. league goal. One. Um, yeah, that is actually pretty crazy how Chelsea ended up profiting from that. Um, the most important thing about this La Liga season at all is that our beloved Celta Vigo were in danger but by one, of being relegated, of course, but by one point they stayed up to beat Barcelona at some point next season again and tie Real Madrid once too. Yeah. And that the is reason, what they're there for. The reason we love Celta is because they are guaranteed one win against either Barca or Real, and they're going to take points off of both and probably take points off of Atletico too. Yeah, they just... So they like to, you know, I think that their style is, you know, we're going to get up for the big games. And if we're, if like, you're like a small team, we're going to go heavily drink the night before. So like, if you beat us, <laughs> eh, we don't really care. I, I actually think you got a flip. I think that, I think you have a flip. I think they heavily drink the nights before the <laughs> Reals and the Barcelonas and they just play better hungover. Yeah. And I think the biggest interesting thing will be that obviously Real, no matter how well they do, they always heavily invest in their squad and, a lot of their signings. Um, who was the guy they signed from the striker? They signed um, jo- Jovic. Yeah, yeah, Jovic. He um, didn't really. They, they seem ready to let him let him walk. So it'll be interesting to see where they deal him to. They're gonna wheel and deal. You know, they buy a lot of players every year. They sell half of those off a year or two later. Yeah. Uh, and they look to bring new promising talent in every year as well. So and there's always a revolving door and. I will say that I think they found the heir apparent to Marcelo at left back. Because I got to tell you, Fredland, but um, Fredland Mendy. Ferland. Ferland, excuse me. I'm just going to call him Fred. It's just first names that you, you don't do well. Uh, yeah, yeah, the first name's on the fucking jersey. <laughs> um, he is a good fullback. Yeah. And I'm, I would like to see Marcelo go somewhere where he plays. I, I would too, but I think he wants to end his career. He loves Real Madrid. He does. Yeah, he does. Um, and we love him. So, yeah, it's going to be if, interesting. If, if, if Ronaldo couldn't get Marcelo to, to Juventus last season, I don't know what does. Yeah. 
Um, though I think you can extend his career another four years by playing him as a left winger. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, interesting to see how Real really going to retool, retool who they're going to wheel and deal and how Barcelona are going to revamp the squad because it's an old squad and now you have to build it around Messi, the playmaker. So you need to find other guys who can score. Donnie, they've they've already retooled. They traded a young Arthur for old man Mirlam Pjanic. Yeah. And done. Done. <laughs> done. Um, all right. Shall we go <laughs> to the Premier League? Yeah, I was worried we were going to have to just skip over the Premier League before the weekend's results. But I'm glad to say that we are in a, a state where uh, I believe Donnie will, will enjoy speaking of the Premier League. Yes, so last pod, Chelsea had two games left. They were in third. Leicester was in fourth, and United were in fifth. Leicester United with three games left apiece, including to each other. And no team finished where they were last pod uh, in terms of three, four, and five. So what we already knew coming in is Liverpool won the league. Um, Congratulations to them. Congratulations to Jurgen Klopp. A lot of great interactions between Jurgen Klopp and Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, like. Uh, Jurgen Klopp won the uh, LMA Sir Alex Ferguson Award for Best Manager of the Season. Uh, Sir Alex, you know, said a nice bit about him and said, I forgive you for calling me at 3.30 a.m. to wake me up telling you you won the league. In very good spirit, showing a lot of respect and class, which you expect from Ferguson. Always classy in defeat. And Klopp said, I know as a Liverpool manager, I, it's not appropriate for me to say this, but I love Sir Alex Ferguson. When I, when I meet, see him, it's like meeting the Pope. Just, you know, I hate Liverpool. I always will but I will respect that Jurgen Klopp is a classy guy. And that's what you will, what we've always come to expect from Jurgen Klopp as well. Yeah. So uh, great, great to see those two kind of, uh, you know, their, their little repartee uh, and it sucks, but I think we're going to see uh, a lot more of Jurgen Klopp as we, uh, as he continues to build on this Liverpool squad. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and we already knew Man City were going to finish second. So what we didn't know was what was going to happen with um, Leicester, Chelsea, and Man United. So Chelsea had two games left, Liverpool and Wolves. They lost to Liverpool 5-3 in an absolute thriller where Liverpool went up 3-0. Then Chelsea started storming back and looked like Chelsea was going to take the game because they brought on Pulisic, who made the biggest yeah, also, difference. Also, uh, because of that game, Christian Pulisic is now on the lam from... Uh the authorities in England after he murdered Joe Gomez <laughs> when he uh when he dribbled past like three players and then uh nutmeg Gomez got the ball on the other side and put us a, a pretty easy assist into Tammy Abraham for the second goal yeah um so they lost to um Liverpool but a draw or win against Wolves would have guaranteed it for them, and they scored twice just in to stoppage time of the first half, and that was enough for them to beat Wolves and for Wolves to lose out on European <sighs> soccer on goal difference. On goal difference. That was tough. A goal Wolves difference had a great, of three. Three. I think you know, Wolves had a great great season, uh, especially as seen as they were you know pretty recently promoted. Um, problem especially, I think the restart really hurt them in the sense that they play 11 players. They have 11 starters and that's it. They, they don't have squad rotation. And as stuck in his ways as Mourinho is, Tottenham have had more squad rotation to have fresh legs down the stretch when you're playing two to three games a week. 
and just I don't think Wolves have had the time to build that type of squad. I think they will. I think they are on the right path. I hope they can hold on to Nuno because uh, yeah. I really like the vision he has and, and the game management he has. It'll be very interesting if Real or somebody make a pass at uh, Jimenez, who's been on fire this season. We know I think Barcelona is going to make a pass at Adam uh, Adama Traore. You mean Alpha Traore. Because <laughs> there are other players. Uh, Traore is not an uncommon last name in the soccer world, so I want you to know who the Alpha Traore is. That's fair. Um, that is, and, he, and it is him. It is he, he. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. So it'll be really interesting to see if they can hold on to, to Nuno, which I think they should be able to, but also hold on to some of their key attacking players. And if they can't, how are they able to reinvest and retool? Yeah, and I'll say this, man. Two years ago, if you told me Wolves would finish seventh place in the Premier League for two consecutive seasons, I would have told you to fuck off. And <laughs> they did. And I would have been yeah. wrong. And, um, yeah, I think you kind of summed that up pretty well. So Chelsea were able to... The win got him into the Champions League. Leicester had Chef had definitely had the worst restart. I mean, really, here's the crazy thing about Leicester. They were in the Champions League for 30 of 38 match weeks. Ugh. And they had they were just so bad after the restart. And then their last three games, Sheffield, Tottenham, United. It's a tough last three. Beat Sheffield comfortably 2-0. Got basically shit-pumped by Spurs 3-0. And then that set up the game against United. Now, if you look at United, they squeaked by Palace in kind of an unconvincing 2-0 win, but then dropped points to West Ham. So the situation comes on that last game. If Leicester wins, they go to the Champions League. If United wins or ties, they go to the Champions League. So it was a good game, well fought. United did come out 2-0 ahead. Yes, there was a PK involved. Yes, VAR was involved. Yes, it was... Man United have set a record for most penalties in the Premier League, but it's just 14. I will say, having watched just about every game in season, 10 of those were deserved penalties. I think one or two were in a gray area, and I think two were like outright definitely should have absolute. I would have never given it in a million years for two. So that's me addressing that. But well, I think if we, go, if we go back to what Diego Simeone said about Real you know, a few weeks back, the teams that attack the most and are the best at it are going to draw more penalties, right? And Ole with that front four is a very attacking team that's good at attacking. So yeah. it does make sense that they should get more penalties. But yeah, there were there were a few down the stretch that I were agree. questionable. But I you agree. know, I don't. Hmm. I mean, what what do you what are we gonna do? Not try to score it? There's yeah, been, there have been seasons. There have been seasons where we don't get those calls, and I've seen other teams get those calls. Like over the course of seasons, everyone gets a little bit of luck. There weren't. There weren't. Not that I can remember any like Aryan Robin and d- dives and gets the penalty. Right? They were. They were questionable called penalties, but it wasn't. Nobody touched me. I'm going to hit the deck and and, and right. pull this penalty out of my ass. So it, it didn't. To me, it doesn't seem like. United were going to look for the penalty. There may have been the time or two that Pogba, you know, would fall over pretty easily, but those, those weren't the ones that were were rewarded. Uh, it, it seems like the refs. I think I think I don't know. I think Pogba gets a bad bad rep with the refs, but the time, the the one or two that he drew early in the restart, 
he got fucking hacked and taken down, and those were, were rightfully called. Yeah. Also, what was Pogba doing bringing his hands up to his face in that West Ham game to concede? That was, that was, that just like, you just don't do that. Unexcusable mistake to cost us that. Like, he, he had that, he had a, and then into the Southampton game, he had the giveaway right in front of the goal, too. He made a couple of bad mistakes um, in the run up. But the game against Leicester, it all came down to that. It was basically a playoff. For the, for the Champions League spot. And Bruno Fernandes, of course, hit another penalty. Definitely United's best player of the restart. Best player since he's been signed. Um, one of the best players in the Premier League since he's been signed. Just really, really good. But late on in that game, Jesse Lingard, a man who did not have a league goal or assist all season, strips the ball off Casper Schneider and scores a goal, costing someone a 700-pound bet where they put 10 pounds on Jesse Lingard not to have a goal or an assist. And in the last minute of the last <laughs> game of the season, he gets a goal. Um, so how did all this really, what does this all really mean? United finished in third with 66 points. The same points total they had last season, which saw them finish in sixth, by the way. Yeah, I've been seeing that. And, and uh, people saying, does this mean United have improved at all? I think the top, you know, eight, top nine this year was a much stronger, a much more difficult. I think it was a more difficult Premier League this season than it was last season. So I don't think you can look just off of season to season point totals and say, oh, look, no, no improvement. That's not really how world works, at least not for me. So I, I think you can look back on this as Olay's definitely improved uh, United. And you know the the acquisitions and the additions of Bruno have, have improved United, but there's definitely a lot more there that they need to. You know, there's still a massive gap between I think them and uh, and Liverpool, and a, a, a decent gap between them and City. That yeah, and if you if you look at the first half of the season, we lost games to West Ham, we lost games to Newcastle, we lost games to Palace, we lost games to Watford. We were really really good against the other good teams. Actually, um, I have a little sticky here. Of the, if our matches against the other traditional top six teams, and then uh, and then I included Leicester City as well. So in our matches against those, out of those um, twelve games, seven wins, three draws, two losses. If you told me against those teams we'd have that record at the beginning of the season, I would take that every single fucking time. You'd also assume that then you're ending like competing for the for for the title, right? If 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 you t- if I tell you that that's that line, you're assuming. We do that against the top six, then against the remaining 13, you know, not including United, main, remaining 13, we're going to clean the fucking house. So yeah. it's, it's, and I think you've talked about this, it's, it seems like the teams that treat United as superior and sit back, that's where the problems come, come yep. into play. 100%. Um, so yeah, Liverpool in first, City second, United third, Chelsea fourth, Leicester Unfortunately, mm-hmm. missing out at fifth. But Jamie Vardy becomes the oldest guy ever to win the Golden Boot, and we're super happy with him because he's also the only person to ever win the Conference League Golden Boot, which is like a like a. I mean, it is down there. It is down there, and uh, the uh, Premier League Golden Boot. Other big news is uh, James Madison uh, renewed his contract at Leicester. So, you know, Madison and Chilwell were the two standouts of the season that Besides everybody... 
but uh, yeah, I, but Vardy's kind of been the known, uh, unknown entity. Um, Madison and Chilwell say were the two standouts that everybody was talking about where they're going to be to go next season. Right? It was it was Chilwell's going to Chelsea or somewhere. Where's Madison going? You know, there's there's interest in a lot of the other top Premier League teams. And I think this is a, a really good win for Leicester to hold on to Madison. Uh, now they're probably going to, to sell out Chilwell, but they can then take that money and, and hopefully invest. I, I, I know you may not share this uh, opinion because you have a dog in the fight. I would love to see Leicester stay around as a you know perennial top four challenger. I think it's a it's a fun it's a fun project to get behind now that they're more than just that one year Cinderella title winner, but they can hopefully consistently push other teams for a, a top spot for Champions League qualification. Yeah, I think it's definitely good for the Premier League, and uh, they're a fun team to watch. So yeah, um, going down now to- the, the minute the minute Vardy retires or leaves, I probably care like fifty percent less. No Vardy, no party, you know. Going down to the other side of things, Norwich we knew were done, but we didn't know about Villa, Watford, Burnmouth, West Ham. Well, West Ham ended up staying up. Villa stayed up, as we've alluded to several times tonight, by one point. Watford and by the by the 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 ghost goal no call of the first game back of the restart against Sheffield. Yep, when the first like the one in one thousand chance that the goal line technology fails. By occlusion, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. Um, Burnmouth, despite beating Everton, 3-1 went down. And who's coming up? Well, Leeds United, as we talked about, as champions of the championship. West Brom is coming back up. And I'm getting excited about the Leeds United, if you don't remember from last year in the championship. The Derby um, County Leeds United Spygate with Lampard. So it'll be interesting to see those games. Leeds United, long traditional rival of Manchester United. So it, it'll, it, it's good that Leeds is back in the Premier League. I think it's good for English soccer. And then we have the playoff going, the championship playoff going on right now, and Brentford have booked their place in the final with a very convincing um, 5-1 aggregate. No, I'm sorry, 5-2 aggregate, where they went 3-1 today and 2-0. They were down 0. They were down oh, 0-1. So they won They won 3-2 aggregate. Sorry, 3-2 aggregate. So Brentford are going to be in the, you know, the most valuable sporting event in the world, most valuable game. Um, they'll be in one of one. They'll be they'll be playing the winner of uh, Cardiff City and Fulham. Yeah, I really just fumble fuck over that sentence. <laughs> Thanks for uh, bailing me out of that one. Oof, that's one. That's one that I'm gonna I'm gonna be. That's gonna keep me up tonight. Uh, Brentford have never been in the Premier League, so it'd be cool if they'd win it. Fulham are up two zero over Cardiff. They play tomorrow or today, but when you're listening to this, but that'll be exciting. And something I didn't know about the um, that championship playoff because the one team who wins gets so much money for going to the Premier League. There's every year there's a gentleman's agreement basically that the losing team gets to keep all the ticketing sales from the game. And I never that knew is that. really cool. I had no idea. So, I mean, that doesn't really help this year when there's no fans. Oh yeah, that that does, yes, that is a excellent point that I didn't think of. That sucks to lose this year, but that's awesome for Derby County last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> on that awkward note, should we uh, head over to Italy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so as you know, we were talking about um, 
for a while top four Champions League qualification has been secured. That that's been you know already figured out. Juventus uh, had you know I think one or two chances to seal the the league up. They dropped the ball originally, but uh, earlier this week they they got a, a midweek win, or maybe it was the last weekend win to seal the deal and, and get the yeah it was it was the last like Sunday win to you know secure the Serie A title two games two games left to play and I yes uh, Juventus just had you know a solid season for their ninth straight league title. But this was way more of their competition refusing to step up and challenge them of the, the final uh, you know, since the restart. Juventus has not been good. Uh, they've been, I think, since the restart, averaging or, or allowing more goals than they've scored. Uh, whereas they were, I think, scoring three to one before the restart. Uh, so, you know, just the problem was Lazio who were primed at this restart to, to you know, make the title. Lazio and Inter really, really shit the bed and just did not pick up enough points to, to challenge. Every time Juve would drop points, it seemed like one of, if not both, would drop. Uh, Atalanta has actually been you know the, the strongest team. They have been unbeaten since the restart with, uh, I believe, only drawing Juventus and drawing Milan. And Juventus got two lucky, uh, just lucky handballs to give them the two goals to draw Atlanta in the first place. Uh, so uh, I've be... heard I've heard rumors that AC Milan has also been undefeated in Serie A since the restart. Yes, that is that is true. Uh, Milan have not lost since the restart. You know, uh, so that that that's been kind of cool to see. Unfortunately for Milan, uh, they were in like eighth or or something at the start of the restart. Uh, didn't lose a game, only drew twice, but still ended up in fifth or ended up in sixth uh, behind Roma. Uh, they they trail Roma by you know four points with one game to play, so an insurmountable lead. Uh, basically, top four in Champions League next year: Juventus, Inter, Atalanta, Lazio, uh, Roma, and Napoli will be in the Europa League uh, group stages. Roma for finishing fifth and Napoli for winning the Coppa Italia. And then Milan will be in the qualifying stages. So they have to play like three qualifying rounds to get to the group stage. So this might soften the blow a little bit of Milan coming in fifth. Because sixth. Of sixth, excuse me. I have always been under the impression that if your country has a top four team that wins the Europa League... That Europa League goes to the fifth place team, and then I did. I think that's just in the Premier League. No, it's nowhere. I did Uh-oh. a very deep dive into this. If the Europa League winners automatically qualify for their Champions League during league play, I think. Okay, let me tell you how I think it should go. I think that if Europe, regardless of the country, right? Like if Inter Milan won the Europa League this season, I think Roma should get to go to the Champions League too because that country should be awarded for one of their teams doing well. Yeah. Now, I guess the reason UEFA doesn't do this is so like some bullshit team from Latvia could have a asshole's chance at getting into the group stage of the Champions League, but like, no, that's not going to happen. Let's fucking be realistic. It's fucking Latvia. Move the fuck on. But the, con- the league that actually, this is disgusting. This is about to be disgusting. Regardless of the league or country, if a team wins the Europa League and that same team qualified for the Champions League, 
via their league position. No matter what country it happens in, the third place team in France benefits by skipping a qualifier and getting bumped up directly to the group stage every time. It could happen in Italy. It could happen in Germany. It could happen in any country. France? The third place team in France gets to skip one of the later qualifying stages for the Champions League, go straight to the group stage, and then a team in an even lower qualifying stage of the, of the uh, Champions League goes up. There's like so... I really did a deep dive. I should have really worked hard today. I didn't. I did a deep dive into two things. Goal, goalkeeper, uh, penalty <laughs> save percentage stats across Europe, and the qualification for the Champions League. There's like three different tiers. Like There are like 55 teams trying to qualify into the group stage. It's this whole thing. Several tiers of qualification that like you never know about it unless you support like FC Lithuania or something. Or you support like B- BATE Bor- Borislav or whatever. Exactly. So so that's what would happen. If like Man U or Inter Milan won, the third place team in France gets to automatically go to the group stage <laughs> and some runner up in the second tier of qualifying gets to go up to the third higher, like automatically up to the third tier of qualifying. It doesn't make any fucking sense that it's, well, so, it's so, that way. You know, the favorites to win the the Europa League have to be United, Inter, uh, one of the Spanish teams, one of the the German teams, or uh, Wolves. Yeah, or yeah, Wolves um, or Roma. So basically, what you're telling me is I need to pull for I need to pull for Wolves to win the the Europa League because I don't want to have the, some Frenchy get an easier path into the the Champions League. Yeah. It- it's such bullshit that it's automatically friends. Like, how is this? And this just goes back to our collusion with the Ballon d'Or, the, yep. the French legal system, and who was the president of UEFA forever? Michel Platini. What was he? French. He still is. Is he in prison too? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, kiss of death. They'll lose their first game. I am supporting Wolves for the Europa League. It would be nice if Man U won it, but I won't be upset if Wolves won it. I mean, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, that's just my deep dive into the bullshit that it's that. Because, no, that's horseshit. If It should be the way that I thought it was because it makes sucking sense, so I was wrong. But the way that UEFA does it is actual bullshit. Like, and UEFA yeah. does a lot of bullshit, but the fact that ev- no matter what it's combination, French. it's always the third team... Place team in France, like who? Who is the third place team in France right now? Like Marseille. That's probably a good guess. Maybe Lyon. No, it's Rennes. Uh, Stade Rennes. Yeah, it's it's not fucking guessed. Nice. Fuck those guys. I never would have guessed that one. Um, before we jump away from from Italy and go to Champions League, uh, I did want to throw it to you, Donnie. I know you've been watching the uh, race for the European Golden Boot. Yes, no surprise that I, a very selfish person, care very much about individual awards. Um, so, Lewandowski will not win the Golden Boot. That's the only thing we know 100%. Very likely, Chiro Immobile, and I think a player who does deserve it, would win the Golden Boot because he now has 35 goals. Ronaldo did not score today, so Ronaldo has 31. So, unless Ronaldo scores five goals in the last game of the season, which is... Not impossible, but incredibly, incredibly unlikely. Chiro Immobile will be the golden uh, boot winner on 35 league goals. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, he's somebody who did not perform well when he went to Dortmund. 
Uh, I think he had a stint in La Liga, did not perform well. And uh, Lazio brought him back to Italy, and he's, he's been a so- solid performer ever since. There are rumors that Carlo Ancelotti wants Everton to show they're going to back him in the transfer market by making a play at bringing a Mobley to the Premier League. I would love to watch Don Carlo manage Kira Mobley, and I'd also love Lazio to not have a Mobley for next season's campaign when Milan hopefully make a push for top four. Uh, Milan are not at a place where they can challenge, I think, for you know the league title next season. But current form is an indicator. You know, there's definitely a, a spot in the top four. I think only Atalanta have. I think Atalanta and Milan have start, and nobody else totals. So, yeah. Um... And with that, should we wrap up with kind of doing our preview of the UEFA Champions League round of 16? Yeah, so I believe the Champions League is going to pick back up next Friday. Yes, uh, or... yes you're exactly right. It is picking up next Friday. And the, so before we talk about the round of 16 games, uh, the four teams that are already in the um, quarterfinals are Atalanta, of course, like you've been uh, referring to them, PSG, Atletico Madrid, who knocked out um, Liverpool, and RB Leipzig. RB Leipzig, that's the one right there, which actually is our boy Tyler Adams. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and they've they kind of finished off the Bundesliga with a lot of squad rotation, kind of playing. You know, they have a lot of midfield options. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they kind of go with now that they're in in tournament play and probably going to be relying on a more consistent roster. Uh, especially some interesting choices now that Timo Werner is has pulled out of the Champions League and is already training with Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so with that, let's talk about kind of these um, second legs. And well, I guess yeah. first, should we talk about the broadcasting situation? <sighs> you mean how it's fucked? Yeah. No, the broadcast just like how we have been. We're getting donkey fucked, basically. The pe- I listen. I care about two things. One, Kareem Benzema. And two, people not getting donkey fucked. And right now, everyone who likes the Champions League is getting bent over and getting fisted by Tony Romo and his CBS blazer. I hope, you're, I hope uh, dear listeners, you are, are fans. Well, those of you who are stateside, which is most of you, I hope you are fans of Survivor and of Jeff Probst. Uh, because if so, you you may already have a CBS All Access uh, account. If you don't, you are only going to be able to view what three total games, including the final, and yes. none of them will be on. None of them will be on regular CBS. Yeah, the all the three games you're going to view is like one quarterfinal game, I think, one semifinal, and the final will be on CBS Sports Network because there is so much happening right now. CBS claims they have prior conflicts for the final. And that's why they can't air it on regular CBS. Uh, this is this is kind of some bullshit. I, I already have all access because uh, my girlfriend Emma and I watched like forty seasons of Survivor in in less than a year. Uh, it was something in and of itself. Uh, so I'll I'll be okay. But it's not about me. It's about us as a community. And uh, CBS is fucking us right now. I also have CBS All Access. I really don't know why I have it. Oh, you know what? I think I had it 
for when I lived in um, Waco and I just I just had internet and have cable when I was in law school and I was able to watch um, like football games and college football um, college football like uh, SEC yeah, on CBS SEC I was able to watch you could... that I was able to watch some different things on CBS so I'd be like well I'd rather pay just like four ninety nine for that and use like my friends parents like ESPN accounts for that and then that pretty much got me covered yeah. So that's why so, I had CBS All Access, which we'll, actually now we'll, makes we'll, sense. We'll be watching. Why do I? Uh, why have I had it for two years though? Since, dude, you should be watching Survivor. Clearly. Um, oh wait, hold on. On the streaming thing, we we have to cancel our NBC Sports Gold, and we have to get Peacock Premium to watch the Premier League next season when it starts on September twelfth. Oh 12th. my god! So we have to sign up for a new thing and cancel this one thing. Why? Why do you have to come up with Peacock Premium? We Why can't our sign- account automatically transfer from Gold to Peacock Premium? That's what they did to end this season because they launched Peacock, and they're like, "This is now streaming on Peacock, but you can keep using NBC Sports." No, I got an email saying we can't keep using NBC Sports. But I'm saying that they let us yeah. do that. So, like, if they were able to let us do that this time, why why can't that happen for next season? Like, I'll still give you money, but why are you making me work harder to pay you? Seriously. It's a terrible um, business model. So, you know, before before we, we close this episode out, uh, I feel like we're starting to ramble a bit uh, more than we normally do, which I guess this is all rambling, and I'm rambling right now. Uh, the, <laughs> so we've got, rambling. we've got games on Friday and games on Saturday to close out the uh, the quarterfinals and or to get to the quarterfinals. I never remember which one we're talking about here. Yeah, get to the uh, quarterfinals. Get to the quarterfinals. So the first on Friday, we have Juventus. Uh, playing Lyon. Lyon have a one nothing lead on aggregate, and then we have Manchester City and Real Madrid. City have a two one lead on aggregate. Yeah, um, I guess so we'll talk about Juventus Lyon first. Lyon won at home, like Eric said. So away goals are in pl- are in play for Lyon when they play against Juventus at Turin. Even though they're at a disadvantage, and even though their defense has been leaky as shit. I'm not going to bet against Ronaldo in the round of 16 of the Champions League. I don't care if he is 135 years old or 35 years old. I can't bet against him to not get the goals that they need and to get the team at least to the next stage, especially a Lyon team that hasn't played a soccer game in a while. Well, here's the thing. It's it's Juventus have not looked good. They've looked leaky. They've been rusty, but they've at least been playing. Uh, Lyon have not. I, I I definitely would not be shocked if Lyon beat Juventus. I may even be tempted to put money on Lyon because you know I think they'll be a good value, good, good odds. But if if you're asking me to pick who's going to advance out of this tie, it will be Juventus. It may take extra time. It may take uh, penalties, but I think I think it will be Juve. Uh, but I think it's a performance that has people asking larger questions moving forward of them. Yeah. And of their manager specifically. Who, by the way, when they won the title said, if you <laughs> want something with me, you guys must be really good. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The other leg you mentioned, I think this is the hardest one to try to predict. I really do. Manchester City, Real Madrid. Manchester City having a 2-1 uh, first leg lead in Madrid, so two away goals for Manchester City. Yeah. But, so here's where I come in with this. Real Madrid looked really, really good at times after the restart and really bad at times after the restart. 
Manchester City also looked very good after the restart, but also very bad after the restart. People forget that while everyone was shitting on Manu for tying, drawing Southampton, the week before that, Southampton beat Manchester City. You had the game, also, the Arsenal Ch- game against Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea ripped Man City. Arsenal beat Manchester City. They just they've had a couple of games where I'm just like, they don't look good there, but they do have this lead going in. So I just, if this is a tough, they have one. this is a tough. They have one to a me. they have a one goal lead and they have a two goal away goal advantage, which means Real have to score two goals uh, in order to to advance or even extend into extra time. Right, if they score two and City score one, uh, it's interesting though, right, because. You've got Kevin De Bruyne having maybe the best season of his career, um, having an incredible season for City, but just confirmed uh, Sergio Aguero will not be healthy for the Real Madrid game, or I think potentially for all of the Champions League. And David so, Silva's gone. David, yeah. Uh, you so it's 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 hard to say. And, you know, Real at times have, like I said, have looked really good. They down the stretch relied on a lot of a lot of penalties uh, to to see them through. I honestly have no idea. I have uh, no idea. It's it, really a pick em. and it I sucks. think it's even more complicated by the fact that Zidane has never not won the Champions League as a manager. <laughs> it sucks, but I think we're going. I think we may see a scenario where away goals are going to dictate the result. You know, I could see a Real one nothing win where Marcelo and uh, Ramos, Varane, Thibaut Courtois, you know, put the clamps on and are able to, you know, not not stop the opportunities of to score, but prevent them from getting across the net, uh, but not being enough with away goals. I we have we have we, we have away goals dictating at least one game uh, every year, and this feels right to me. On the other side of things, if um, Real Madrid, if it was an absolute shootout, Real Madrid wins three goals to two, away goals knocks out City. Yeah, on on the other true. end, if they just if Real Madrid just says fuck it, let's just go ball to the wall, pure offense, Marcelo in at striker with Benzema. Um, I I think it's a pick 'em. If I absolutely gun to my head have to pick just because they have the advantage going in the one goal advantage i'm gonna if, if it was one one in real madrid real i'd go with real for this because it was two yeah. one i absolute gun to my head i gotta go city i agree uh the next two are not this difficult for me um especially this next one so august 8th we have byron v chelsea and byron won three zero at stanford bridge and i don't see a scenario where byron <laughs> fucked that up no, this isn't Barcelona fucking up a big lead. Bayern's been off for a month, um, but before they were off, they were maybe playing the best soccer of anybody in Europe. Yeah, um, I think the other argument is Atalanta. <laughs> honestly, uh, Chelsea are are when they're on offensively, they are on, but they haven't been on defensively really at all <laughs> since the restart. Or I think the restart. <laughs> I think I think Lewandowski is uh, real butt hurt right now that he just lost the golden shoe to a guy named yeah. Churro. I, I I think I think we're gonna and, and no 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 opportunity to compete for the Ballon d'Or. I think I think Bayern are going to finish this maybe five one on aggregate. Yeah, I could see that. 
And that leaves the last remainder of the quarterfinals. The first leg in Naples ended all square. Barcelona and Napoli 1-1. Napoli came out of the gates of the restarts hot, but they've definitely slowed down recently. They've slowed, yeah. Uh, but here's what I think. Napoli, they got they, they won Copa Italia, right? They defeated Inter and then defeated Juventus to take, bring home some, some silverware for Reno Gattuso. It's fucking Reno Gattuso. He's going to be able to motivate his players and, and get their blood boiling. I think they've seen, you know, they couldn't reach top four. They've already, with Copa Italia, guaranteed Europa League group stages. So I think they've been managing themselves to make a run in the Champions League because that's all they have left, and that's all they've had left even the last few weeks. Yeah, talent. Would talent dictates Barcelona win this, especially at home? But I'm calling the upset. Napoli are going to advance over Barcelona. Interesting. Interesting. And and Messi's going to do what he did for his uh, national team like three times. He's going to threaten to quit unless he gets everything he wants exactly how he wants it. Interesting. Um, that's a bold take. Uh, this is the one we'll, we'll disagree on. <laughs> Similar to my argument with Juventus, I'm in a Barcelona jersey and not having to defend a big league in the first leg. It, it was a, I'm going to go with Messi just because I think if they need a goal, he'll get one. Now, I could see like a 2-1 Barca lead with a late goal by Napoli that sends them through on away goals. Could definitely see that, but you'd like to think that they're going to use the disappointment of finishing second, of seeing Real celebrate the title as fuel. And on any given night, Messi can give you two or three or assist yes. two or three. And it's it's hard for me to bet against that, especially if he doesn't have to worry about defending a big lead. And against a team that's finishing seventh in the, in the Serie A, right? Like, this is a Napoli team with flaws. So, all right. Well, that kind of wraps up all of that. As Eric said at the very start of the episode, next episode, super exciting. Talk about three things mainly. First and foremost, the Onis. Uh, I will, we will actually be tweeting next week um, leading up to the Onis. We will be tweeting out the categories and the categories nominees. And, and fan input will not be determinative, but it will be a factor. <laughs> and a, like if Eric and I are really in the trenches about you know two people – and we would use the fan tiebreak, the fans as a tiebreaker in that scenario. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really run that place. with him beforehand. I just kind of said it, and then just. <laughs> but um, so we got that. Obviously, we're gonna talk about who's gonna, uh, who won the most expensive, uh, valuable game in the world. Who's gonna be the third team in the Premier League and recap not only the round of sixteen matches in the Champions League, but also the uh, preview of the quarterfinals as well. So that's all coming. Uh, other good news for the podcast is for all the non-Apple podcast users, we are now on Spotify. Yeah. But you can't find us if you search Own Gold Podcast. because We're, we're not, not relevant enough in Spotify to show up on the search bar. If you search the name of the episodes, you can find us, which I get it makes it how do you find us to know the name of the episodes. So keep following us on, on social media. You know, we'll, we'll continue to tweet and, and get the – post the new episodes out there. Uh, we'll include links to the Spotify uh, page. 
Yes, if you go to our Instagram page, at Pod, the there is a link in the bio to the Spotify page. You can also look up the simple episodes, the most recent one, uh, Justice is Bald, The Onis, Babe Station, Virginity Now, Brokerage Firm, any of the Hot platforms. guys, thick thighs. Yeah. Um, so don't forget to please rate and subscribe us and follow. If you follow us on Apple Podcasts and you have um, Spotify, please follow us on Spotify too. Make us relevant on Spotify. I'm getting very sad and mean emails <laughs> from Spotify support. Obviously, Twitter, at Pod, Instagram, at Pod. Please, please, please give us feedback for the Onis. Our fans have been very, very silent lately. We need feedback for the Onis. We love you. Bye. I was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone. Hoping that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know. She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be. But none of me would be the enemy and destroy our destiny. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel. And I'll fight until the end, shall wounds always bend, oh no. If you ready for